2: Yes, it is. And welcome back. As we do every Wednesday, we check in with Congress, Congressman David Schweiker, representing Arizona's sixth congressional district, member of the uh, Joint Economic Committee as well. Congressman, uh, someone once asked William Buckley how he could come up with ideas to write three columns a week. And he said, it's rather easy. I just open the New York Times and find about three stories a day that tick me off. And um <laughs> uh, yeah, right. oh, so <laughs> so I thought you'd like that. And I, so I was going to ask you, what's ticking you off today, David?
0: Oh, it, it, it's in all sincerity. Um, it, it, I will sometimes make the mistake of turning on the television and there's CNN or MSNBC. And my wife will almost look at me and get out of the room because I'm talking to the television thing. <laughs> You because know, I've had the occasion saying I was in that damn meeting. Yeah. That's not what
2: happened. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, and you realize the television really doesn't talk back.
2: <laughs> yeah. I need to teach you about that technology, I guess. <laughs> oh, they may be listening, but they don't talk back. <laughs> uh, but,
0: but, but it, it does help you, though, in some ways, close the loop, um, particularly if you're in your business where you, every day you have to have something to talk about or mind where you're constantly trying to stop as many bad ideas as you are trying to promulgate good ones, that so much of what we know is wrong. Right. Because right. we have a communication system. We always say mainstream media yeah. and those things. It's so much bigger and more complicated than that that it's a business model. Yeah. Rage in society is a business model. People make money having us at our throats. The CNN, the MSNBC, even the
2: Fox—you
0: know—they have that their audience expects certain information, and they're going to shovel it to them because God forbid you ever hear something different, you turn it off. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just so frustrating because um, so much of what we get just isn't true or it's vacuous. Um, there's huge important things happening around us, and we're going to focus on a Kardashian
2: or something like that. Yeah, you bet. You bet. It's amazing what Americans uh, can be distracted with and are distracted by you, you made in, in your comments there, Congressman Schweiker, you made a point about, you know, so much of what we do is trying to stop bad things from happening in your position, people in your position, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in the minority, that's the best you can do. They're either moving the ball on you or you're moving the ball well, on them. You I have be
0: shocked how often we're doing it. Even when I'm blessed to be in the majority, because, you know, I, I love my fellow Republicans, but every once in a while, they just don't think through the ramifications
2: of some of the ideas. Well, I do. Yeah, I, I do worry about that. Um, and and there's becoming an increasing, um, an increasingly clear alignment in the Republican Party, isn't there? As we separate those that sort of, if you will, get it, and those that don't. Uh, there's there's a cl- it's been a clarifying series of moments over the last several five years, maybe. Um, and, you know, we were talking a couple weeks ago, you were with the Freedom Caucus folks. You were a founding member of the uh, really the, one of the creators of the Freedom Caucus. <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: It was partially created because of what. Um, yeah. You know, when when Boehner went after um, four of us. Right. We were conservatives. So, right.
2: Yeah. No, you you were. a creator. So, so, so there is there is that movement, which I think is ever growing. And, um, and but, but we always have to be,
0: and I'm going to give you an aside. But we always have to be very careful. Yeah, that you know, freedom caucus was built on certain principles, right? And that we always stay true to those principles.
2: Well, see, that's I think the crux of the matter because I don't know if you caught this last night or not, and you probably will if you haven't already. At some point, it's it's kind of the talk of the town. Tucker um, Tucker Carlson last night was interviewing Asa Hutchinson on a bill he vetoed. Uh, having to do with children uh, ch- tra- ch- changing their, their gender. And, um, and one of the things Asa Hutchinson said, and he may be a friend of yours, so I don't mean to be rude if he is. No, but I, okay, I, fair I enough. Okay. One of the things he said was we have to build, broaden our membership and hue strongly to principle. You can't do both, not at least at the same time. You see, can't be
0: no, both. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. But the part of that is how many out there have we ever reached out and, and said, here's our principle, um, and made sure that those who have never met a conservative you know, yep. walked into their door yep. and talked to them. Yep. And you'll be shocked how often they turn around and um, are are actually with it. Um, I'll I'll give you a... So they like the policy,
2: they just don't like conservatives because they never met one or something, right? They never met one. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um,
0: I had a really interesting experience about a year ago, um, just before COVID. um, I spoke at um, the Islamic Cultural Center in Scottsdale, and I was just there doing nothing more than think, here's the things our congressional office offer. We can help you out, get a passport. We can do this, do that. And when it was over, the warmth, the number of the individuals who came and sat down and talked with me, who were with us on every single one of our core issues, they were with us. Um, But I kept getting the comment, how come you're the first Republican? We've been here 20 years. You're the first Republican to walk in our door and talk to us. You do realize I And every other person with first name was Doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, But I left there realizing I'm an idiot. Mm -hmm. Uh, In many ways, I'm the sinner. I have not been sort of evangelizing our philosophy to places where I thought it would be uncomfortable. And it turned out the warmth and the embracing of much of what we had to share was overwhelming. We need, as conservatives, to go to places that we don't think we're welcome. 'Cause you're gonna be you're gonna find out we have so much more in common with sensible, hard working people than the the, the the divisive radical politics of the left today.
2: Um Yes, I agree with you. And I think that was one of the secrets to Donald Trump's success in 2016. I think it was one of the downfalls to Hillary taking advantage of certain uh, uh, certain voting populations in certain states or at least taking them for granted, if not taking advantage of them, that Donald Trump was happy to go and talk to. And people are generally, generally not in the crucis, not, 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 not in the crucible of a crisis, let's say, perhaps in the middle of a riot or what have you or a riotous moment. But generally, people are happy to have you come and give them your attention and well, you theirs, right? But, but, it but means something this, to them.
0: But we also have this bad habit of showing up when I'm here to get your vote. Right. No. Right. Show up a right. year before right. when, and, and demonstrate right. you actually care. Right. You care about people, you care about their needs, you care about, and you want them to hear that you actually give a darn.
2: I, um, I, I know a few politicians in, in fact, who do – I know a few Republicans, I bet you do too, who show up election year, not saying I'm here to get your vote. I'm here to show you I'm a conservative. I bet you've seen a few yeah, of those on election year too.
0: Even in Arizona, right?
2: Please understand. It's
0: easy to be a conservative when you're in the minority. Right. Okay. Okay, it's okay. When you're in the majority and you have a line of people beating the crap out of you saying, we need this, we want this, why won't you give us this money? and Look, the, po- the poor folks at the legislature go through this right now where you have certain corporate interests in town, nicing the legislature for doing good work, mm-hmm. you know, cleaning up the pebble list, which is the permanent early balloting list, and then turning around and those same people who are nicing the legislators are demanding things from them. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes we all have to toughen up. but But, Seth, and this may be for a different show. Yeah. We should actually talk about the parties are going through a level of realignment. Oh, okay. Republicans really are the party of uh, people out there who are busting their humps, yep. working, trying to do. There was a time, you know, we were thought of as the country club party. That's right. That's right. I will make you the argument. That is not true anymore. We are l- the party of entrepreneurs.
2: I'd love to do that next week, I, I with you, I because of the, while while a few people have made those statements here and there, I don't think a, a full appreciation of it um, has taken hold. So let's talk about it more next week, David, when you visit with us. I have to tell you too; I think we're the party of those who have been forgotten. Who you know, the economy oh, has not reached uh, it, 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 as well as we wanted it to. I, I really do. I think it's... Well, it, and, go ahead. And
0: you know, one of my personal fixations is because I believe it makes all society wealthier is the focusing on the working poor and making sure they get a fair deal You bet. and it turns out you crush the working poor when you make them have to compete against huge amounts of illegal low-skill immigration you do things in the tax code to crush them and that's what the democrats are doing today
2: let's pick up on that next week david what a great topic i love it thank you sir and thank you for all your service As well as showing up here once a week for me to beat up on you. (laughs) I, I never beat up on David. David Schweikert, representing Arizona's 6th Congressional District. Thank you, sir. We'll be in touch shortly. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. If you are thinking about going solar and getting rid of your standard utility bills, let me tell you about my friend Solar Sandy. She brought integrity back to solar in Arizona. And the other difference between Solar Sandy and other solar companies is that she actually figured out how to truly zero out your power bill. It's so important when going solar, you do it the right way. Solar Sandy is the right way. She wants to put more of your hard-earned money back into your pocket. When you go solar, Solar Sandy will pay 12 months of your solar payments, any portion of your power bill for the first 12 months. And because it's March Madness, Solar Sandy's promotion for the first 50 families is they'll receive a $1,000 signing bonus. That's right. No solar panel payments, no power bill for 12 months, and a $1,000 bonus at signing. There is no better time to go solar with Solar Sandy than right now. Go to AskSolarSandy.com. Again, that's AskSolarSandy.com. I have seen so many great reviews of the work she does of people who have used her that uh, it is so encouraging to be able to recommend and endorse Solar Sandy. com. Doug is in Maricopa. Hello, Doug. Where have you been?
0: God, you wouldn't believe it! It's a tale of wondrous adventure.
2: It started in Papa Ete, <laughs> I'm guessing. It all started and it ended in Avalon Catalina.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes, but you know, uh, Southern Cross God. in reverse. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I, I you did. It was. Such a good thing you brought this up about Hutch- Hutchinson, because he's case number one. Uh, in in you know he's number one in the case of why we are not winning the arguments. And if he cannot argue uh, for something as obvious as this, he cannot argue the more subtle points of conservatism. Conservatism. I am not a libertarian, nor am I a liberal Democrat. I am a conservative, and a conservative does not believe in the extremism of uh, the libertarian view. It is just as dangerous and deadly to our society and to a free market in many ways as socialism is on the extreme left. Now, let's take Hutchinson's um, idea that we cannot get between the doctor and the patient. Now, this is for minors. These are for people who can't yet vote even. That's right. Unless the Democrats have their way. They can't
2: yet get a tattoo.
0: Yeah, can't even get their ears pierced. That's right. You know, and so um, what what he's saying is if a patient goes in there and wants patient-assisted suicide, we must let them have patient-assisted suicide. We can't get between the doctor and the patient. Using his simpleton logic his establishment logic, the gutlessness that we can't argue for any principles because we might offend someone. By the way, Margaret Thatcher quoted someone, I forget who, and she said, if you have no enemies, you've never fought for a principle. Right. That explains what's wrong with the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. We don't want enemies, so therefore we never fight for the principles. Margaret Thatcher would Iron her grave. I mean, just turn over in a grave mm-hmm. with the gutlessness of our conservatives. Mm-hmm. But we, therefore, if someone wants to get an abortion, late term abortion, you can't get between the patient and, you know, the doctor. Now, I'm talking about adults. Turn that into a minor, a 14 year old who is emotionally distressed. My granddaughter is a borderline personality disorder. All right, She has some real mental problems, including depression, and you know the list is long. In the liberal state of Oregon, they get the extreme. They put a, personal, a borderline personality disorder in depression at a 14- and 15-year-old level who can't function in no, the things that you and I think a 7-year-old should do. They put her in charge of her medicine, her meds. They are, the doctor is not allowed, the psychologist is not allowed to tell uh, my daughter and son in law the meds. Using Hutchinson's twisted sick logic, you cannot tell, get between the doctor and their patient. The patient is a child who can't decide anything sensible in her life and is on meds. And just, you know, it is, I could go on in the description, but it is so obvious and so simple, I could go on because it's absolutely moronic. And if he cannot defend the most obvious, easy to discuss case, you can never expect a conservative of his ilk to take the more subtle things of fighting with gusto, like the liberals fight for their principles. Don't ever expect him to fight for one blessed thing of sense and even conservatism because you will guaranteed as margaret thatcher said you will pile up enemies anytime you fight for a conservative principle so margaret thatcher says i wear the ring of my uh, enemies with pride mm-hmm. because it meant i actually fought for something
2: yeah and one wonders you know what the motivation be- behind Asa Hutchinson is in vetoing such a bill, there's three or four possibilities. One of them is that he's afraid of becoming the next Georgia and Brian Kemp. You know, he's afraid of having to take a lot of incoming criticism from the woke if that's if that's the case, shame on him. That's what you were elected to do. To elect to 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 to, to govern is to choose. You know, uh, that's point one. Point two, he might be not very smart. I doubt that. I doubt that. But he might be not very smart. I doubt that he's well, not. And the third is. I, I, I don't third, think he's dumb. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't think he's dumb. Third is that he has a perverted understanding of conservatism and the role of government. That is very highly likely. And uh, the fourth is that he is a liar. And I will tell you why I think some of four is at play here. We haven't played the full interview. I'm going to do it in the next couple of segments. But the first thing Asa Hutchinson says in that interview last night to Tucker is that if this had been a bill that simply prohibited chemical castration, I would have signed it. Let me repeat to you what he said. If this had been a bill that simply prohibited chemical castration, I would have signed the bill. Well, if he believes he would have signed it if it were simply about that, then why is he telling us the government doesn't have a role to play between the doctor and the patient? Bingo. He's a liar. Yeah. He's a liar. Liar. He does believe that the government has a role. Because he told right. us in his very first paragraph of his interview that he would have signed the bill if it were just about the doctor and the patient yeah. over chemical cancer. Uh Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play this interview. I think it's – the reason – stay on the line if you want, Doug, to comment after if you want and anyone else can too. The reason I'm making so much of this is not actually because of the issue in and of itself – it's a strong issue. It's an important issue. It's going to be a defining cultural issue. But more to the point of when you guys say, help us talk through what conservatism means, um, I'd like to do my level best to get rid of charlatans who tell you what it means when they don't have the first clue. If we're going to define conservatism, let's learn when a man is speaking rot. It's a delight to welcome our newest sponsor, Trades Unlimited. Did you know foam roofs here in the Valley are a great option for many homes? That's where my friends at Trades Unlimited come in. And they are my friends. Not only do foam roofs help insulate from our extreme Arizona heat, which is well on its way, but they also help insulate your home from exterior noises. And most importantly, they protect your house from water leaks. I have had the privilege of going down to Trades Unlimited's offices and warehouse and meeting with the team. And I can honestly say I was more than impressed with the people they have working for them and the quality of craftsmanship they stand by. They are good people. I like these guys. And you will, too. Trades Unlimited was founded in 1994. It's now in its 26th year of business. They have an A-plus rating at the Better Business Bureau. And after meeting with them, I know why. Most of their business, by the way, is by referral of previous customers. That, to me, always tells a lot about a company. People are happy and come back and refer them. And we're happy to be able to help with that. Quality and services, what you will come to know with Trades Unlimited. It's hot here in Phoenix. We all know that. What you may want to know is that the hot summer sun is perfect for foam recoats. Protect your roof before the foam beneath the coating gets compromised. Don't wait until it's too late. Call my friends over at Trade's Unlimited at 480-483-1775. That's 480-483-1775 or find them online at tradesunlimited.com. I want to uh, I want to get into uh, the Hutchison Carlson interview. Um, And uh, it runs a bit. So I'm going to break it up a little bit, Bill. But go ahead and start it off for us. And then I'll take your calls on it, please.
1: Well, the legislature in Arkansas recently passed a bill that would ban doctors from prescribing so-called puberty blockers, heavy-duty hormones, to children who believe they're transgender. The law also bans surgeons from physical castration of children. But the governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson, vetoed that bill on Monday. Legislatures in Arkansas just voted to override that veto, which brings us to where we are right now. Asa Hutchinson is the governor of Arkansas, and he joins us to talk about this story. Governor, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it in the middle of all this. Now, I, I think of you as a conservative. Here you've come out publicly as pro-choice on the question of chemical castration of children. What changed?
3: Well, oh, first of all, uh, your teaser as you led into this program did not accurately represent the bill. If this had been a bill that simply prohibited chemical castration, I would have signed the bill. But Tucker, as you know, this bill was overbroad. It was extreme and went far beyond what you just said. And I made it clear that this—if this was about prohibiting. Uh, procedures, uh, sex reassignment surgery, absolutely, I would have signed that bill. But this, again, is the first law in the nation that uh, invokes uh, the state between uh, medical decisions, parents who consent to that, and uh, the decision of the patient. And so this goes way too far. And, in fact, it doesn't even have a grandfather clause that those uh, young people that are uh, under hormonal oh, treatments, oh, okay, but if, uh, if, 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 they have to If, I could, be just, cut if off I could just correct
1: it. you for a second. Well, this is chemical castration, of course. If you stop puberty and suppress the sex hormones, you're chemically castrating someone. So our, our, our description was correct. But let me just ask you, I mean, there are all kinds of, we're talking about minors, children here, and there are all kinds of things in Arkansas kids in every state are not allowed to do. Get married, drink a beer, get a tattoo. Why do you think it's important for conservatives to make certain that children can block their puberty be chemically castrated why is that a conservative value if you would tell us
3: well first of all you have parents involved in very difficult decisions you have physicians that are involved in these decisions and uh, i go back to william buckley i go back to ronald reagan the principles of our party uh, which believes in a limited role of government. Are we as a party abandoning a limited role of government and saying we're going to invoke the government decision making over and above physicians, over and above health care, over and above parents, and saying uh, so you can't so do you that believe it's uh, you cannot care. engage how, in how much that? It, Hold uh, it right
2: there. We'll pick up where he comes back. But listen to Asa Hutchinson's odd series of straw men. Are we as a party abandoning a limited role of government and saying we're going to invoke the government decision-making over and above physicians, over and above health care, over and above parents, and saying you can't do that? We do it all the time on things far less significant than permanently changing a child's gender. We already have government in healthcare, care in between the physician and patient when it comes to the elderly when it comes to the impoverished we have it in a whole series of things including the approval of medicines and indeed even how long you can prescribe certain medicines to come in now and say this is the bridge too far the government has should have no say now that we're going to be permanently altering a child's gender a child To say that now is to come in far too late with that libertarian concern, because at that point, it's not libertarianism. It's libertinism. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson show. I want to play you a little bit more of the Asa Hutchinson Tucker Carlson interview from last night. It says a lot about where some uh, conservative minds are. And uh, it um, it's it's a good springboard for discussing first principles of conservatism, which I believe Asa Hutchinson uh, perverts. Uh, can you kick it off where Carlson uh, starts back with so you believe it is healthcare care? How, how much
1: uh, how deeply have That's you fine. studied this
2: this topic uh, with respect? It doesn't sound like you've
1: studied it very deeply. I mean, this is a, an emerging field. There's not a lot of research, but the research that exists suggests that depression and the urge to self-harm and suicide is a component, is a side effect of taking these hormones. A study in the UK showed the overwhelming majority of kids, of children on puberty-blocking hormones, had the urge to hurt themselves. Why is that responsible medicine to do that to children? Why would you support something like that?
3: Well, I actually uh, reviewed some of that study. I reviewed the high court decision there. I think they are Uh, different than what you're talking about here. Sure, there's a lot of unknowns here. Uh, I studied this bill uh, in contrast to what you just said. I spent a lot of time reviewing cases, uh, meeting with people, listening to the experts, as well as to faith leaders as well. And I'm a person of faith, uh, but at the same time, I'm a person of limited role of government. Uh, I signed pro-life bills. uh, I signed uh, many bills that oh. uh, would be looked at as uh, very conservative, but this is one that crosses the line. There's no need for it. Well, hold on, hold on. And, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, but hold it on. It you said there's no need itself. for it, but you
1: just said you've said that you've seen research that shows the mental health of children who receive puberty blocking drugs improves. What is that research exactly?
3: Well, the research that I've seen shows that these troubled youth, these ones that Uh, have gender dysphoria, that uh, they uh, also have depression. They have suicidal tendencies. It's a higher suicide rate than others. And they go to their parents. The parents go to doctors, and they try to deal with this very difficult issue. I don't think we should deny them health care. Hold on. Hold on. on.
2: Before Before Carlson says, hold on, let me say, hold on. If you want a good example of conservative Stockholm syndrome, all you need to do is listen to Asa Hutchinson say, I'm a limited role of government person. I've signed pro-life bills. I signed many bills that would be looked at as very conservative. But this one just crosses the line. Remember his overarching principle. His overarching principle is that government should not get between the patient, and the doctor. Then why are you telling us you signed a pro-life bill? Why are you proud of that? And how does that fit in with your principal? Are you trying to tell us whatever pro-life bills you may have signed that the protection of the unborn deserves more protection than that of the 8-year-old? You can't possibly be meaning that, Governor. Governor. This is just fallacy upon fallacy upon speciousness upon speciousness upon straw man upon straw man to defend something in the name of limited government that I have heard, to my surprise, people on talk radio today calling in, describing themselves as conservative, agreeing with Mr. Hutchinson. Now, whether they're actually conservative or not, I don't know. But if there are conservatives that believe this. We're not working off the same dictionary. There's more here. There's a lot more here. Carlson, go on. Go ahead. I don't think we should deny them health Wait,
1: wait, Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're the governor. You just vetoed this bill. You said you're familiar with the studies. No one disputes that children who are asking for puberty-blocking drugs or have been recommended to their parents or doctors may be depressed. That seems very likely. I think the studies show it. Cite one specific study that shows puberty-blocking drugs improves the condition. Does it make children less depressed? Does it make them less likely to harm themselves to commit suicide? Just name one study that shows that. In other words, what what Carlson
2: is saying, and this goes over Hutchinson's head. Hutchinson doesn't understand the question. It's a perfectly logical question. What Carlson is saying is when Hutchinson says people with gender dysphoria do indeed have depression and suicidal tendencies or a higher at least a higher suicide rate than others yes I, I, I wouldn't question that at all but then the question is does the solution improve that is what you're asking to be done surgically and chemically going to change that depression that depression and that urge to, or, or the the um, the uh, urge or the uh, intent of self-harm is it going to change that? And there's no study that shows that it will. So you're now taking depression, self harm, suicide. You're taking this whole basket of horribles and adding adding physical disfigurement. Am I not allowed to say it's physical disfigurement? That's what it is.
1: All right, go on. Commit suicide. Just name one study that shows that, please.
3: Well, I would refer you to the American Academy of Pediatrics. I would refer you to uh, the uh, the, uh, the physicians that came out in opposition to this bill because they understood the risk to these young people. And if you prohibit uh, the medical care that this bill prohibits, then you're going to endanger uh, these young people even well, further. So I would cite all those medical experts. How do we know that? Hold on. This, didn't,
1: this field barely existed ten years ago? Cases of gender dysphoria, so-called, have increased by thousands of percent in the last decade. So actually, we can't know the answers to these questions. The the, the research that we have suggests the opposite of what you're claiming. You clearly aren't familiar with the research. And so my question is, have you spoken to any of the biggest employers, the big companies in Arkansas, about this? Have you taken any calls from Tyson's, from Dillard, from Walmart? Has anyone from those companies called uh, you about this bill?
3: No. But, Tucker, you're saying, first of all, there's no You haven't spoken no to studies, one then you corporate the interest.
1: No, no. There is, <laughs> there is not a single study that I'm aware of that shows an improvement in the mental health of children who take puberty blockers, who are chemically castrated, and you couldn't cite one. You're not familiar with the There's research. Some... You were told by doctors that it's a good idea, and you went with it. But I just want to clarify very quickly. Have you, and I just want to be clear on this, have you spoken to any corporate interest in the state of Arkansas about this bill?
3: Tucker, I answered that. I answered that question, and I said, no, I have not. No, You, Do you have another question. Okay.
1: I'm skeptical because we've certainly seen across the let me just say, Governor, with respect, I'm skeptical that not a single corporation in the state of Arkansas has weighed in with you one way or the other on this bill. I, I am, I'm skeptical. You asked me if I had talked I to them.
3: Point. I said I hadn't. Let me emphasize, Tucker, you are a conservative. You have a great background in that. Where are we getting back to the limited role of government that we don't have to invoke ourselves in every societal position out there? Let's okay, limit then, then, the role then, of government. Uh, okay, let's then let why, parents and oh, us allow-
2: Yes, let's, 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 not, let's not let the government become too intrusive here. Eight-year-olds changing their gender. Is that is that a line? Is that a line that we can agree on? The government um, might want to help protect the children on the the children from might it? Is it more appropriate than saying protecting them from tattoos or drinking a beer or driving before the age of 16? Things that don't have permanent consequences. Things that don't have permanent consequences with a population that is already suffering from depression and self-harm. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. I want to finish this uh, interview because there's another interesting telling here that Hutchison drops with Tucker Carlson on the debate over the bill he vetoed. I don't know if you picked up on it, Bill, but go ahead.
3: invoke ourselves in every societal position out there. Let's okay, limit then, the then, role then, of uh, government. Okay, Let's let why, parents then, and then doctors make allow, decisions.
1: Then why don't we allow 18-year-olds to drink beer in Arkansas? Why don't we allow them to get tattoos? Why don't we allow 15-year-olds to get married? You're allowing, you vetoed a bill that would have protected children, not adults, children, to whom a different standard applies, from a life-altering permanent procedure that has effects we can only guess at. But the early indication is they're very serious and very negative in some cases. And now you're telling me you do that because you're a friend of limited government? Okay, then why are we preventing kids from drinking? Sincere question. Or getting married? Sincere question. Having sex. They're not old enough to have sex, but they're old enough to be chemically castrated? How does that work exactly? I'll listen as you
3: explain. Well, thank you, Tucker. And first of all, these are difficult decisions. Do you want to listen to the medical profession? Do you want to listen to professional counselors? Do you want to listen to parents? Or do you want to leave all these decisions to uh, the legislators that come from all different kinds of backgrounds? Stop! Yes, Stop! Stop! Listen to what he's saying. Do you want to listen
2: to the representatives of the people who are elected to make decisions on behalf of our... Society and our norms? Or do you want to listen to the experts? Do you want to listen to the experts? Do we not have a problem with investing too much of our national and personal interests to the experts rather than the people who are directly accountable to us like our state legislators? Hutchinson is at his paternalistic height when he says, do you want to listen to the medical profession? Do you want to listen to the professional counselors? Do you want to listen to parents? Or do you want to leave these decisions to the legislatures that come from all different kinds of backgrounds? Well, maybe you need a lot of different kinds of backgrounds here because I'm going to tell you, do you want to listen to the medical medical profession on this? The there is one, there is one medical profession position on whether children should be chemically or physically castrated. I will tell you right now for certain the medical profession is not united on this question. I know we got a lot of you wanting to talk about this. I want to take your calls. Here's my jam. I've got a guest coming up, won't be for too terribly long. If you can hold, I'd love you to. And if you can't, I'd love you to call back. But you're going to like this interview. Daniel Galinter, one of the great bright minds coming up in this uh, younger generation, talking about how the government wants to silence you and how they're using January 6th to do it. You won't want to miss that. Feel free to hold. Feel free to call back. I do want to talk to you. I do want to take your calls. We will be right back.